God has to say in this moment. For the month of December, I mentioned it a couple of Sundays ago, and I do want to say thank God for Elder McGee. They're not here on this morning. We praise God for him sharing on last week. Amen. We were called oh man, on a last-minute assignment. Amen. But we thank God that he was able to share in such a wonderful way. Amen. And I, I praise God for that because I shouldn't have to be here for us to have church. I shouldn't have to be here for us to have service because it's not about me. It's all about God. Amen. Amen. And I praise God that that happened on last week. Again, we're going to Luke chapter 7. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. And I'm going to start at verse 36 to give you context as to what we were doing a couple of Sundays ago. I told you that we'll be starting our series to conclude the year. And we're going to be talking about a season of giving. And we're going to be talking about that the last month of this year, and I praise God for it because there are some things and insights that he has for me to share, and in sharing those, we're going to do it by using stories, stories that you can relate to, stories that help you along your path, and not just particular scriptures, but I think sometimes we connect better when we see people who are in situations like our own. And it helps us to make that connection of what God is trying to say to us. Again, that's Luke chapter 7, verse 36. And the word of the Lord says, from the English Standard Version, One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner." And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other owed 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon the Pharisee answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were with him at table began to say amongst themselves, who is this? Who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Lord, touch our hearts and our minds. Let us be open and receptive to this destiny moment. In Jesus' name, amen. We talk about in our series, The Season of Giving, but I want to give a subtopic saying he wants it all. God wants it all. Say that with me. Say he wants it all. God wants all of us. And really, 
in truth, he owns us all. He purchased our salvation on Calvary. There is no part of us to which he should not have access. See, the problem with some of us is that we give God a portion of us, but we don't give him our all. He said, I want your heart, your soul, your might, your strength. He said he wants all of that as a sacrifice that we give to God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He anticipates that we give God all of ourselves. Have you ever purchased an item, but then the store told you that a portion of what you purchase belongs to them? That would, that would seem strange to you. And then what you purchase, then they come in your house to operate on the thing, part of the thing that belongs to them. Wouldn't that seem strange? Because, because you're not, they're not giving you the whole of the product. But yet, that's what we do to God. We say, Lord, I belong to you, but hold on. There are a few things that I need to walk in and work on myself. There are a few things that I don't think you deserve access to. Because we're not giving God the wholeness of ourselves, I'm sorry, I'd be annoyed if they, if they kept sending customer service representatives to my house to start working on something that belongs to me. Why are you making use of something that is mine? Why do I not have and own the whole part of it? Because guess what? I paid full price. <laughs> and for us, Jesus died. He, they, they, they whipped him in. They draw, drove a crown of thorns in his head, and they, and they nailed his hands and his, and his feet, and he hung on the cross, and they, and they pierced him in the side. Jesus is saying, I paid full price for you. Then why don't I have access to everything? I own all parts of it. The things that you think, the thing, your mind, your heart, your hands, your, 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 your time. I should have access to all of that because I paid full price. Point at somebody near you and say, Jesus paid full price. He paid full price. So since he paid full price, he should have access to all of us, to everything that is in us, to everything that we are. In fact... The, the songwriter put it best. She said, I, I come to you empty, my hands, my... She said, everything I, I present to you. That means we give God even the things that we don't like about us. Oh, we, we give God our, our insecurities. We, we give God our shortcomings. And, and, and she said it, Lord, it may not be much, but whatever I have, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. But see, this is the trick of the devil. This is what the devil says. The devil says, because you have insecurities, because you have shortcomings, because there are things about you that you don't like, then you don't need to come to God. You're not worthy to come to God. You're not worthy. He's given us the idea that we have to fix ourselves before we come to him. We have to get ourselves together. I have to get my life straight. I, there's some things that I'm doing. There's some habits that I have that I, I have to stop doing those things before I come to God. There, there are things that I, that I still like to do that are pleasures of the flesh that I'm yet holding on to. And I have to get rid of those things on my own before I come to God. But God is saying, I want all of you. 
Somebody say it again. Say, he wants it all. I want your insecurities. I want your shortcomings. I want your bad habits. Because if you give it to me, <laughs> Jesus said, I, I, I came to bear your sins, to bear the weight of your sins. If you give it to me, he said, I, I, I'll bear it. Give it to me. I'll share it. If there's a need in your life, I will take it if you only give it to me. You have to let me have it. That means if I have addictions, then I need to give them to God. If I have bad habits, I need to give them to God. If I have bad things about myself that I don't like, I need to give those to God. That's part, I want you to get this, that's part of the package. <laughs> when I give God myself, the things that I don't like are part of the package. And he accepts it all. He accepts it all. David had a womanizing problem, but he accepted David. Come on, y'all talk to me. Moses had murdered a man, but he still called him to the burning bush and said, the place that you're standing on is holy ground and called him to go to Pharaoh. He understood that Abraham kept lying. Kept lying. He kept lying. Some of y'all don't know. He, he kept lying. Kept going into other people's territories. And because Sarah, I mean, Sarah must have been bad because she must have been real fine. Because Sarah was so fine, he would lie to the king and say, she was his sister, which wasn't a complete lie. She, she, she was a sister with a, with a different parent, but they married in those times. But he wouldn't tell them that he's married. He would say, that's my sister. And he kept doing that. But yet God called him and said, I come on from amongst them. He said, I will make you the father of many nations. He said, and your seed will be as various as the stars and, and as expansive as the sands of the sea. He said he called him to that even though he knew what Abraham's shortcomings were. It's part of the package. And the problem is, it's not God. The problem is us. The problem is us. Because the problem with us is other people see your package. They see what you've gone through. They see what you've done. And the problem with human beings is a lot of times that's the only thing they see. Oh, come on now. Y'all know if there are certain things that we, sins that we fall into, that's all you'll be remembered for. Oh, come on. That's how we are. Don't commit adultery. That's all you'll be known for. Don't, don't say you're homosexual. Oh, come on now. They'll define you by that. Don't deal some drugs. Wait, wait, hold on. Don't ever get arrested. <laughs> People will define you by, by that, and that's not God. That's us. That's us. That's not God. That's, that's us. And that's why people who mess up don't want to come in church. Mm. Mm. Especially if somebody knows what they did. Because for some reason, our, 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 our human reasoning is, if everybody knows, then your sin is worse than mine. Because I didn't get caught. You know that's the truth. 
You didn't see my sin. It wasn't, it wasn't in the Times Gazette. I, I know it's down. I think it's coming back, though. It's, I heard it's coming back. <laughs> but, 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 it, but it wasn't on the blotter on the first, on the first page. It, it wasn't seen on Facebook. Nobody called me out on social media. It wasn't in the news on television. But that does not make your sin any better than someone else whose sin is infamous, that is known. And because they feel their sin is known, they don't want to come into church. Because people with hidden sins might look at them. You know, I, I just want to stay right there. It's hard to say amen when you're thinking. Because people know about their sin, then my sin's okay because you didn't find out. That's not in my Bible. My Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That means that sin never has to be expressed physically. But as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Somebody say, help us, Lord. Help us, help us. Because a lot of times we have to edit our minds because there are things that we think that we shouldn't be thinking. And the truth of the matter is, if we really get on this level that we lie about, oh, I woke up this morning with my mind, stayed on Jesus. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You, you'll get there. You can get there, but we, we're, we're working on it. We're a work in progress. Your mind was on a, lot, a plethora of things. And if we could really get to the point in God where our thinking was under a subjection to his spirit and his will, then we'd find out that we mess up all the time. I don't have to be in somebody else's house to sin. Come on, talk to me now. I, I don't have to be putting substances in my body to sin. I can sin sitting on my porch talking about folks walking by. And if I don't say it, I can be thinking it. And I'm still sinning. And that sin is no less than somebody else who got caught in that sin. It's the same. My Bible says by grace, not, not by works. By grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself. It is what? Listen, listen to this. It is a gift of God. You can't earn a gift. <laughs> can't earn a gift. No matter what you do, you can't earn a gift. I know because some of y'all hard-headed kids that are on the naughty list, they're going to get some Christmas gifts this year. <laughs> Come on, talk to them. You know, you're making arrangements in your finances right now so they can have them. But it's your child. So you give them a gift. And just as we are God's children, he gave us the precious gift of Jesus. We could not earn that gift. But to the point of what I was saying in, in reference to our text, the reason that some people don't want to walk in the church, they don't want to associate with church because they know people look at them. In walks this woman. <laughs> Jesus is at the table with, at the house of the Pharisee. And we know the Pharisee, they were the legalistic branch of the church. They were the ones who, who said they were abiding by the rules and who were creating the rules. 
And I found out, I told you, Jesus was a disruptor. Jesus was disruptive to what the rules of the church say. Because <laughs> the crazy thing is sometimes we as a church and, and denominations, we create rules that Jesus wouldn't necessarily abide by. <laughs> Jesus would say things that disrupt how, how we think. Come on, talk to me. I heard somebody say, and I, I, I'm believing it more as I, as I think about it. They said if Jesus came today, he wouldn't be a pastor. He'd be a social media influencer. Think about it. He'd have a YouTube channel. He'd be on TikTok. He'd be in everywhere where people could gather and see him. And he might say some things that the traditional church might not like. <laughs> I'm going to leave you all alone right there. But, 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 but the woman, she comes into the house of, of the Pharisee. And first of all, she didn't have an invitation. And maybe there are some people who are not with God, who are not in church because they feel like they need an invitation. Let me give you this, and and I encourage you to invite people to church. I encourage you to invite people to God. But sometimes it's not the invitation, it's just the atmosphere. (laughs) You can set an atmosphere where people know I can come. Wish I would talk to them. Let me talk about my my father-in-law, and my wife can confirm this. Anytime I spend any amount of time over Superintendent Fisher, well, Bishop Fisher now, his house, people would just stop by, come in. They didn't call. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't let them know they were coming. They would just come. They'd come and talk. They'd come and stay. They'd have a chat. And this is something that he welcomes because he doesn't have to send an invitation. He creates an atmosphere where people feel like, I can just come by. I can come by and talk. Am I wrong there? All the time. He's created that atmosphere. And as a church and as Christians, we need to create an atmosphere, even absent an invitation, that this is a place where you can come in. But not only that, not only do we create an atmosphere where people feel like they can come in, but not only should you feel like they create the atmosphere, but when you get here, you're going to leave with something. <laughs> you're going to leave with something. If you, if you come in, if you step in, you're going to leave with something. And that's what this woman came for. She didn't care about Simon. She didn't care about the Pharisees. But she said, I know Jesus is there. And we got a lot of people who say I'm like Jesus or say that I'm a Christian, but they don't create an atmosphere where they feel welcome because Jesus talked to the lepers. The lepers weren't, by law, here we go, law, by law, the lepers were not supposed to interact with people who didn't have leprosy, but Jesus talked to the lepers. The lepers felt so comfortable about it, but... They felt so comfortable about it that Jesus was walking into the city and they, they were gathered outside and they could, because they couldn't go in the city, but they heard Jesus was coming and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. 
And Jesus, he, 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 he talked to the lepers. He interacted with the lepers. But before Jesus interacted, guess who tried to tell the lepers to shut up? The disciples. Master does not have time for you. But that leper was at a point where we, we're going to get at some point. When, you, when you're desperate, you're not going to let folks get in your way. Don't talk to me. <laughs> I ain't worried about no folks. I, I'm in a desperate situation. I, I, my, my rent is due. I don't have the money. They're about to kick me out of this place. They've already repossessed my car. I got laid off of my job. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't care about folks. Jesus, master, have mercy. Mercy on us. And because he created an atmosphere that where I am, you can come too. And if you come, you might even get what you need. Ah, that must have been what the woman with the issue of blood must have felt. She said, I don't have an invitation. Nobody called me. Nobody invited me. But she said, but if I could just touch the hem of his garments, I shall be made whole. She said, I, I'm going to sneak up on Jesus. I'm not going to even tell him that I'm here. I don't need him to touch me. I don't need him to acknowledge me. I don't need him to call my name. But if I can put my hand on his garment, I shall be. I, not, not only am I coming without an invitation, but I'm going to get what I need. I shall be made whole. That must have been what was in the mind of this woman who the Bible here acknowledges her as a sinner. I don't know how everybody knew the heart of this woman, but, but she is called a sinner. Consider, most consider that she was a woman of the streets. And that's why they felt comfortable calling her a sinner. She walks into the house of Simon the Pharisee, not because she had an invitation, not because she wanted to talk to Simon, but she was just trying to get to Jesus. And it's amazing the things that you'll go to when you're trying to get to Jesus. It's amazing how that will change your life and your attitude when you're trying to get to Jesus. It said it later in the, in the Bible, in the text, it said, I must see Jesus. And if you wake up with that attitude, I'll tell you right now, your life is about to change. I, I must see Jesus. And see, the thing about it is Christians, we have a great responsibility because sometimes the only glimpse they get of Jesus is through you. <laughs> That's why you can't be a part-time Christian. You can't take any days off. You can't clock in and then clock out because a person who woke up that morning wanting to have an encounter with Jesus, the glimpse that they have Jesus that they may get is when they see you. So if you come in with a frown on your face, you come in mad at the world. You come in allowing your circumstances to overwhelm you. They might miss their glimpse of Jesus. So that's why I need to wake up in the morning with my mind stayed on. That's why when I look in the mirror, I have to say, Lord, I, I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I, 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 I'm a more than a conqueror through him that loved us. So when I step into where I'm going, I need to be on a place and on a plane where those who need to get a glimpse can get a glimpse through me. And I tell you often, the joy that's in your heart needs to make it to your face. I say it humorously, but I, but I mean it. 
you got all this joy in your heart, baby, it ought to show up on your face sometimes. Uh, there, there has to be something about you that is approachable because if you have an attitude that shuns people away, you might cause somebody to miss a glimpse of Jesus. Because I'm not Jesus, but he's, but he's working through me. He's in me. Greater is he that is in me than he, than he that is in the world. I need to have that attitude so nobody misses their glimpse of Jesus. I'm about finished. I'm going to have to wrap this part up. But, but he, she walks into the house of Simon. She's not there to see Simon. She's there to see Jesus. And she does not ask permission. But immediately, her grief overwhelms her. The tears begin to flow. She cries her tears on Jesus' feet and begins to wipe the dirt off his feet with her hair. She said, I, I didn't come for acknowledgement, she said, I came to serve. And if we could have that attitude with God, that, that, that attitude to change your life, I didn't come to be acknowledged. I don't need anybody to call my name. I'm not trying to be great. I'm come, I'm come here to serve. And however I need to serve, Lord, However you desire me to serve, I don't need a seat, I don't need a parking space, I don't need anybody to call my name, but I came here just to serve. And the thing about it, the beautiful thing about the story that, that, that many of you may not have thought of is the woman never asked Jesus for anything. Never asked him for anything. According to the text, she was silent. She did not have to breathe a word, but she spoke to Jesus by serving. She wiped her tears on his feet and cleaned off the dirt. And not only that, then she opened her alabaster box of ointment, an ointment that was very expensive, spikenard, were the ingredients. But she brought the best of what she had. In other words, she brought him her all. Everything that I have, Lord, I'm presenting it unto you. And I'm doing it because I need something from you. The only thing I need is forgiveness. The only thing I need is forgiveness. There's nothing else on her list. She just desires to be forgiven. So she gives her him her all because she desires to be forgiven. But this woman is literally having a spiritual crisis at the feet of Jesus. But yet the Pharisee is judging her. He's judging her. Simon the Pharisee is saying in his head, he didn't say it with his lips. Read the text carefully. He never came out of his mouth. It says he said it to himself. He said if he were a prophet, if Jesus were a prophet, he'd know who's touching him. He'd know this sinner was touching him. He'd know this sinner is washing his feet. But as he spoke it in his mind, 
I'm forgetting which one. I believe it may have been Matthew or Mark. It's not the, it's not the book that we're in here, but they t- detail this story, and it says Jesus perceiving what was in his mind. Didn't say a word, but Jesus yet heard him. I told you. What did I tell you? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Jesus perceiving his sinful thoughts. Said to Simon, Simon, I have something I need to say to you. Simon said, go ahead, teacher. Jesus said to him, he said, this woman here, I came into your house and he said, nobody washed my feet. You have to understand in that time it was so dusty in that area in the Middle East and they wore sandals and they walked for miles. There wasn't an Uber getting ready to pick Jesus up. Wherever he was going, he was walking. Walking for miles. This man didn't offer to have him wash his feet. He said, you didn't offer me that, but she, with her hair and with her tears, she didn't have water, she didn't have soap. What did I tell you? She's giving him her all. It's all, all I have <laughs> are my tears. And if I had a few real people in here, you've been in a situation that all you had. I, I wish I was in the right place right now. All you had were your tears. All I had was mourning. All I had was weeping. All I did all day long and all night long was mourn over that which I've lost. This woman said, I don't have anything else, but I have these tears. Taking what I have left, I pour these tears upon his feet and wipe them with my hair. He told Simon, he said, I came into this house. You gave me no kiss. You gave me no greeting. He said, but this woman, from the moment that she's come in, all she's done is kiss my feet. This is somebody who's giving God her all. And then he gave him the parable, and the parable was simple. And it's a parable that we need to apply to our own lives. He said the master forgave two debts, and the one he forgave the most was the most appreciative. The problem with many of us is we don't feel like we've done anything. We didn't get caught. We weren't on the news. We weren't trending on social media. Nobody saw what we did. So we don't feel that we owe God our all. But this woman said, my sins are infamous. They're all, my business is strong in the streets. Everybody is judging me. Everybody has a thought on who I am and how I am and and what I have done. And because of that, the weight of my sin is upon me. And I have to present God my all. But I came to help somebody. Just because you don't feel the weight doesn't mean it's not there. (laughs) It may have been a sin that you committed in your mind, but the weight of that sin is why Jesus was beat with many stripes. The weight of that sin is why he died on the cross for us all, why he suffered, bled, and died. The weight of that is upon us no matter what your sin is. This woman felt it. She poured out her tears. She wiped it with her hair. She she anointed him, not knowing that in in context she was preparing Jesus to be be offered for us all. She was preparing his, his body with ointment as he would be offered as a sacrifice for us all. Oh, Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world, Lord, have mercy 
mercy on us. He spoke this to Simon, and Simon said it must be the one who owed him the most. And I say to us all, we all owe him the same. We owe him our all. Now, my all might look different than yours. Oh, help me preach it. Point at somebody and say, my all might look different than yours. What, what I have to present to God might be different than yours, but God doesn't judge me based on what you have. Oh, thank you, Lord. He judges me based on what I have. And it may not seem much to you, but when I give him my all, he gives me everything. God gives me everything that he has. Everything. He gives me his salvation. He protects me from the eternal death that I'm owed in hell. He provides me. He said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I have access to that because I give him my all. 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 And your all might be different. But I can't judge you for your all. And the reason I'm not going to judge you for your all is because I'm not going to tell you everything in my testimony. Y'all stop acting real sedity and high because everybody don't know everything that you've done. Because everybody in here gives an edited testimony. <laughs> Come on now. You, you don't tell it all. In fact, there's some folks on YouTube and TikTok they start telling their whole testimony, and I've seen the preacher take the mic from them and be like, no, you don't have to, come on, <laughs> you don't have to tell all that. Our testimonies are edited. We don't want everybody to know how deep we were in sin, but praise be to God. It's only by his grace and his mercy that I'm still here. Lord, I thank you. It's nothing that I've done. It's nothing that I've earned. It's nothing that I deserve. But Lord, by your grace and by your mercy, I'm still here. Everyone standing on your feet. Come on and put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 The sad point of this, of this story is that most of us today, we would exclude this woman. And the question we need to ask is why wouldn't we let her in? Do we create an environment where she'd walk in those doors? Are we so judgmental in our hearts? that she'd stand right there at the end of the sidewalk. Look up to God and say, Lord, I, I love you. But I can't go in. I can't go in. I love you, but they don't understand. They judge me for how I look. They judge me for what I've done. We have to create an environment. And it doesn't start in your church. It doesn't start in your house. It starts in your heart. 
Why would they come to your church when they wouldn't even come to you? <laughs> why, why wouldn't they? I want you to get this, and I want you to get it in your heart, and you, you're going to get it in a minute. But the shepherd doesn't create sheep. Sheep create sheep. I need you to get it in your heart. Sheep create sheep. People will come here. People will come to your home if they can first come to you. And that means you have a heart that is open. That says the first part of that is that I know that I'm guilty. The most beautiful words I've ever heard is describing a Christian is that we're sinners saved by grace. That's it. We're not special. We don't have a, a special seat by the hand of God. We're just sinners that are saved by grace. And if it were for God's grace, we would all be lost. So that's why I have to thank Lord. Lord, I thank you for your grace. Lord, I thank you for your mercy. Lord, I thank you for your kindness. Lord, I thank you for thinking of me when I didn't deserve it. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you for your mercy. We, we thank you for your kindness. Lord, we thank you for extending your hand in our direction. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou wilt forgive him? Lord, we stand in awe of your mercy and grace. We stand in awe of your love. That love that overcomes everything that we've done wrong and loved us anyway. Lord, we just want to say thank you. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord. We may not be in the place you desire us to be, but Lord, Allow your love to draw us. With love and kindness have I drawn thee. Lord, draw us into your love. And when the devil makes us feel unworthy, Lord, let him know that it's not by works, but Lord, it's only by your grace that we are saved. And Lord, we thank you right now in Jesus' name. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us online, we pray that you live by God's grace until we shall see you. Again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Give a Fun. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.